Pause for thought and join in the barking with Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog. Joined now by dog behaviourist Darren Rowe from our Waikato Hamilton studios. Darren, Happy New Year to you. And Happy New Year to you as well. Lovely to catch up. Thank you for taking time out this morning. What's the weather like in Hamilton today? Oh, it's absolutely gorgeous. I have to admit, and it's really hot. So if you've got your dogs and you want to take them for a walk, you may have missed your spot because it's too hot now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, what a summer it's been. And I'm, I'm just mm. hearing actually, Darren, in regards to that, that it, it could get even warmer yet for where really? you are. Yeah. Wow. Um, just see, uh, Niwa have issued something last night saying that parts of the North Island, Auckland, Waikato, if you're central, west and north of the North Island, Island, the heat could just go up a fraction more. Um, wow. So those, yeah, for those who I don't love the heat. 32 yesterday, if I remember right. Gosh, Pretty okay. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, you can where I was down in the Catlins, it had a one in front of the, the two instead of a three. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Your dogs would be going inside. It was a bit chilly, but it's a fabulous part of the country. Right. Just remember, okay. guys, if also oh, yeah, just remember go if you ahead. are walking your dogs on pavements, pavements get really hot, and they get hot by oh, about yes. nine o'clock. So just remember those paws get really sore. And would it be the same? Um, I'm just thinking, Darren, on the beach because when I was down even mid morning down south, gee, that white sand got hot quickly. Yeah, I, I think people forget that one actually. The um, the I was down the beach a couple of weeks back and. And I had no shoes on. Obviously, you kick your shoes off as soon as you go on the beach, and it was really hot, and it burnt my feet straight away. So, dogs, their, their feet are a little bit better because they're stronger. Uh, you know, they're, they're used to having their their paws on the floor mm. all the time anyway. But yeah, it must burn. It must do. Now, the number to call: oh eight hundred eight double four seven four seven. Talking everything about dogs, and uh, now, of course, Darren's the man to get in touch with. With it won't cost you a cent either. Three nine two zero is our text. If you've got a question or a comment, or oh eight hundred eight double four seven four seven. Because I just want to start off. Actually, um, there was just one thing before we move into what makes a good trainer. What about those Darren who received a puppy as a Christmas gift and are novices? <clears throat> yeah, it's a bit of a bugbear for me. Um, you, it's a real serious thing, isn't it, with taking on mm. a dog anyway. Um, and to buy a puppy for somebody else that doesn't know they're getting it is a bit of a, a lottery, really, isn't it, whether they're going to accept that dog. But if they have taken that dog on and they're happy to, with a puppy, first thing really important is to, I, I say personally, enlist the trainer straight away, right? Find find out what's going on. Get, get yep. somebody in to help you straight away. But get yourself booked onto a good puppy preschool that's behavioural based, not one that just lets your puppy run around like crazy and unattended and, and not really looked at. Yeah. So get yourself onto a proper puppy preschool as soon as you can and book it early. Right. First vaccination. Get it in there then. After 16 weeks, which is when, when the final vaccinations are done, when most people look, it's too late. You've missed that socialisation period, and that's the time you need to get your dog in there to do all the habituation, socialisation, that kind of stuff. Ah, so get right. in there early. In fact, I recommend people, as soon as they even think about getting a puppy, to book into a puppy preschool ready for when they get their dog. Why is it some people's <laughs> attitudes about training, they just... They, it doesn't come to them initially. Whether it's cost-based, I'm, I'm not sure, but I can think of a couple of friends, no, no, just dog, like a cat, just it's part of the household, and yep, mm. it barks in and wheezes here and does that, but that's just part of having a dog. They don't seem to go the next step. I mean, is that a fair representation, or are people's think, attitudes changing? No, I think I think it is. I think, I think and I also think people's attitudes are changing. Um, normally, a dog doesn't become a problem until it becomes a problem to somebody else. Um, you know, yeah. normally the neighbours yeah. or something like that. And 
<clears throat> we're, we're terrible at tolerating um, behaviours, and 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 behaviours are a bit like children, isn't it? Exactly like children, really. The behaviours just creep up on you, and before you know mm. it, you've got this massive behaviour that you don't know where to look and how to solve. Whereas if you stopped it at the beginning, it wouldn't become behaviour. So, so I, I'm all about. Um, uh, proactive training rather than reactive training. Uh, I much prefer people to come to me that don't have an issue, and I can get that training, yes. build that bond, and then it never becomes, they never have issues, than a dog coming to me that's you know, bitten somebody and stuff like that, because it's, it's just much harder for the owner and the dog. Well, yeah, that's it. Any statistics about it all in regards to, you know, the dog owners in the country or how many dogs there are compared to how many are trained? I mean, do you have any oh, idea... Gosh. Would it be half? Would it be a third? Would it be... Ooh, I know it's a big ballpark I, I think, figure. I think it would be... If you were to... I, I don't have any statistics on me for sure, but I would probably say it would be a lot lower than you realise. Um, there's a lot of dogs in New Zealand and there are... Um, there's not that many dog trainers or, or clubs, if that makes sense. And I reckon there'd yep. be quite a low amount. And, and on that, the, it might be that those people maybe do one class or one training session, but then that might be probably when they're puppies and then they do nothing else after that until something bad happens. So right, that's OK. Quite, quite low. The, the key yes. is to just constantly train. So do, do a training course every year. Just keep that training up. It's like being a sportsman, isn't it? You know, you learn all the basics, you learn everything, yes. and then you don't do it for 10 years, and then you expect to be able to do it again <laughs> at the same that's, level. Yeah. training. That's that's <laughs> a very good point. Uh, you can text 3920. Darren Rowe is with us uh, from uh, the Waikato this morning, our dog behaviourist. Uh, or you can phone 0800 747. I've got one here. We've got a golden Labrador for Christmas. However, it's not wanted as much as initially thought. What should my next step be? Ooh. Well, that's a tough one, isn't it? Right, so I'm going to sound quite callous here. That as a puppy, a puppy can be rehomed just like that, maybe you heard the click there. Um, yeah. If you really don't think you can deal with this dog or you don't want it, get rid of it now. Give it to someone that does want it. Because what's going to happen is you're going to keep that puppy, you're going to miss all those important developmental times and you're not going to do anything for it. And then it's be, it's going to get to like six to eight months or nine months and it's going to be an issue and then it's going to be a rehome that's just going to sit in a, a shelter for a year and go nowhere, yes. bounce from house to house. So if you really make that decision now, get rid of it now. Give it to somebody that really wants it. How tough is it? Yeah, Labrador will find a Labrador will find a home very quickly. Yeah, okay. I suppose it does. It is breed dependent at times, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. And and the other thing is, if you've taken on a, a puppy, and this is this is just my personal opinion, but if you've taken on a puppy and then you decide you don't want it, don't try and get money for it. Just you know, minimum costs. Give right. it to someone that loves it. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. How tough is it on the puppy, in this case a Labrador? Just the change of home, is it quite unsettling? They're, they're pretty um, flexible when they're younger, but, I mean, obviously it's going to be a change. It depends on how much they form that bond. doesn't sound like they probably have very much there, but um, no. definitely any change is going to be, uh, you know, difficult for the dog to deal with. But the younger we are, the younger the dog is, the, the easier they, the more flexible their brains are, so the, the easier they are to, uh, to adapt to that change. Yeah, that's right. I also think of other animals in the house. If you've got a cat or two, you know, there's there's quite a bit. I'll get to the first, uh, sorry, the second text I've got here has just come through. What's the best way to stop a dog doing their business inside? So um, depending on the age, um, it's a lot easier again. The younger the dog, the easier it is. Um, but crate training, you must go back to crate training. So I don't know if you, don't know, if you know what crates are. They're not yes. cases. So that, crate you is, bought a collie, had one in a crate. Yep, worked yeah, well. Al always, always have a crate for a dog. Um, we've got seven dogs. They've all got their own crates. They're ageing from what one, uh, two years now, just under two years, all the way up to um, nine now. They've all got their own crates. Okay. They've had them since they were puppies. Yeah. Um, but basically what you do is you put your puppy in the crate. You put your dog or your puppy in the crate when they 
they need to go they just they just have to have eaten or drunk or something like that okay and and you can use the crate to kind of build that um muscle capacity because they're going to hold on they're not going to go to a toilet in the crate if they do then take them to the vets because there's probably something wrong with them yeah um and what you do is then you take them out the crate take them to the spot you want to go and let them go toilet if they don't go to the toilet and you might be there for 20 10 15 minutes bring them back in and put them in the crate straight away and close the door okay leave it another 10 minutes and take them back out and just keep repeating that until they go and then say oh good dog what a good dog make it really positive yeah yes constantly do that but it you know it's going to take time you know it's the kind of thing you, you do normally as a puppy um because they can do that really quickly but an older dog you've got to keep doing it keep doing it it will get better but you've got to be yep. consistent it's it's more your effort than the dog's effort because the dog doesn't yes. care where it pees no, that's yep, that's so true, and they prove it time and again in some cases. Um, I've got Joe with a text here, but I actually go to the phones now. Georgie, good morning, happy new year. Darren's listening. Go ahead, please. Morning, Georgie. Thank you. Good morning. I have a question about a family member's dog, right. and a, a couple of questions actually. Um, she's a Bichon, and she could be about ten, I think. Right. But she goes crazy with certain things, those electric um, posty vans. She goes oh. crazy about them. Right. But a while ago, and I think it's happened before, and I think they took her to the vet the first time, but they just watched her this time. She doesn't learn. She doesn't learn that she's doing stuff to hurt herself, and her foot was sore. So they just watched her and they, one day they actually went out and she has a cage inside so they put her in there and she improved and she's been right ever since. Okay. But what can you do about that? They they don't learn that they're actually hurting themselves and they still jump up on things. and. Yeah, so, so it's all about association. So they're not associating the thing that's hurting them with the pain that they're feeling. And, that, and that's quite a common thing, and we get that with shock collars and things like that. They don't actually associate the the, um, the, the thing that we want them to associate um, with the pain, if that makes sense, if you start to use those horrible devices. But it's a similar kind of thing. The association's not there, therefore... They're, they're learning something. They're always learning something, but it won't be what you think they're learning. So it's more of a yeah. communication thing here. Um, and yeah. and it might be, I mean, if you think about it, if you um, if you burn yourself, it takes a couple of seconds for you to realise that that's the yeah. candle that's burned you. Yeah. So it's the same yeah. kind of thing. Um, so that's probably what it's not. Not that she's not learning. She's definitely learning something. She's just not learning what you yeah. think you wanted to learn, I guess. Um, so yeah. it's about setting those the trials up. The other thing, really. there's one other thing. People need to realise that, at least some dogs don't like electric cars. How are people yeah, going to get their, car, their dogs to the vet when they buy oh. electric cars? That's interesting you say that because um, quite recently I was walking down the road with one of my dogs and an electric car went past and it freaked yes. them out completely because they don't hear the noise. Yes. Yeah, it's, right. it's something I've only literally just been opened up to. Yeah, it really of freaked course, one of my colleagues wow. out. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for sharing that one. <laughs> yeah, that's that's good, um, Georgia. Thank you, thank you for that. And I mean, gosh, what's the what's the answer to that? How do you stop them from freaking out when? <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's a, a bit tricky like, one. It's a bit like the electric scooters. Um, there's a whole load of dogs out there that have never seen those electric scooters, so they're all petrified of them. Anything they haven't seen when they're puppies, going back to that puppy thing again, ah, um, then they they don't know what it is. So when they see it when they're older, they they go into that fear or potentially go into that fear, um, yeah. and then want to try and bite it, eat it run away from it, one of those options. 
one of those things. Georgie, thank you for your call. 0800 844 for the next 15 minutes. And uh, Darren Rowe is with us, dog behaviourist. Um, before I go to the break, I'll come back to this, but just ponder on this, Darren, if you will. Uh, good morning, Darren. I thought I... Uh, what was it? You coming? Thank you for coming on to the radio. How to stop a six-month-old puppy from biting. Which is the best technique to use? We've only had her for two weeks. Thank you, Joe. We'll come back with that one, Joe. Darren Rowe is with us. Uh, taking your text 3920 or 0800 844 if you want to hop on the phone. It is 12 away from 10. Dog behaviourist Darren Rowe is with us until 10 o'clock. Keep the questions coming on the text 3920 or you can call us 0800 844 It's always the way. I'm glad I read the text to you, Darren, because <laughs> for some reason it's disappeared this morning. But I had Joe. She was asking that had... Um, What's that? The dog was six months old and it had yep, it for two right. weeks. Yep. Biting. Uh, here we go. It, yeah. That's it. They've just found it. Excellent yeah, work. It, here we go. Say what, did it say what kind of dog it was? How do I stop a six-month-old puppy from biting? Which, no, it doesn't say. Which is the okay. best technique to use? We have only had her for two weeks. Thank you, Joe. Right. So, so you've got to think it's six months old. Um, it would have been nice if we could have done this a little bit earlier, but you've only had it for two weeks. So that's just that's just the way life goes, I guess. Um, so it's probably going to go th be going through a bit of teething at the moment. So you want to get those really hard, um, uh, not really hard, but the, the, the chew toys. So Nyla bones. Um, you want to get the stuffed Kongs. Um, there's a toy that you can put food in called a Kong. K-O-N-G, get those ones. Um, and that's going to give her something to chew. So whenever she's chewing something else, then you give her that. But the biting itself, again, ideally done earlier, what you want to be teaching mm -hmm. her is that biting hands are not appropriate. So one little really small little tip is that don't feed her treats from your hand. Drop treats on the floor. Because what often happens is we, we feed a dog with the treats in our fingertips and the dog puts her whole mouth around our fingertips and eats the treat. And we're sort ah. kind of like teaching our dog that biting fingers is okay because remember they're not very good at doing it they're not very gentle with puppies so they just take your whole hand off and we're, we're indirectly saying that hands are always going to have food in so whenever you see a hand bite it yes. so that's one thing okay. definitely throw the treats on the floor especially if you've got kids treats on the floor all the time yeah but we probably want to start playing a little tuggy game and and giving um another way of accessing that biting because biting is not an issue for a dog that's what dogs do they bite all the time they, they jump yep. on each other yep. so it's not a, not a behavior that's a, an aberrant behavior a bad behavior for a dog it's just we don't like it so we've got to set those boundaries and teach the dog not to um not to bite us now um <clears throat> with that tuggy if you go on to my website or you just go to just search for m for dogs um academy then there's actually a free it might even be on my facebook page i think it's a free um download of how to make a tuggy and how to play tuggy and how to set all those boundaries i've just set that up for the new year to give a freebie away which is perfect timing oh, <laughs> obviously great. um and yeah, i'll teach you yeah. how to actually set those boundaries within tuggy because tuggy's an awesome game but if you don't set the boundaries then you can potentially cause a dog to to sort of want to grab you yes. as well so you've got to make sure that if they bite you the game stops and it's all over and you're initiating and you're stopping it um, but yes. yeah i'll, I'll get okay. the toys get the chew toys it's it's a normal behavior now it's not something that you you know your dog's not aggressive it, all dogs go through this right it's whether right. they carry on doing it remember as a puppy at six months old the teeth are quite well, small when they get to a year and a more then those teeth are quite big they hurt yes they have that's right but we yeah. have to teach them we have to teach them that hands are, and, and bodies and clothes are out of bounds yep yep that's good oh yep. joe thank you for your question in fact we've got quite a number coming through well see if it's we can tough. rattle through these oh, yeah, it's great it's fantastic <laughs> um now let's take a look at this darren this one here hi we have a springer spaniel that gets very aggressive when you try to take away a bone or something that she shouldn't have what should we do right so straight away 
get yourself a behaviourist, not a dog trainer, a behaviourist in to help you because that's the thing called resource guarding. And when it's over food, um, food is a primary reinforcer, which means it's um, instinctually uh, yes. built into a dog to hold on to something, right? So you never take that bone away from the dog because the more you take the bone away, the more they're mm-hmm. going to want it. Therefore, the more they're going to resource guard it. So what I might do um, is I might have lots of bones and throw them all on the floor and I might play this little game called give-take exchange where they can they can give me the bone they've got and then they can get nice. a different bone but again we've got teeth involved here potentially yeah. we don't want to escalate the dog's behavior to become aggressive so get a trainer in to help you please 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 don't try and do this yourself right it might cost a bit but yep. the end result if you don't get it right is someone gets bitten and your dog gets put down yeah that's right so it's well worth it yeah yeah that's that's <laughs> yeah. true thank you andrew from apotiki is asking what is the best way to introduce a puppy to your cat Right. <laughs> you know, I've just done a training uh, session hello. on this. Oh, hey, nice just, to meet you. I just, oh, okay. I just did a training session on this last week, actually. Oh, okay. Um, so, Here we go. so management with puppies is really important. Uh, in fact, with puppies up to about six months old, probably training is the least important. It's that management and socialization that we should be thinking about. I don't care if a puppy sits and downs and stuff like that. I want them to be good with people, good with dogs, good with cats. Sure. Right? Yeah, so yeah, get, yeah. A, get a pen, get a crate, put your puppy in the pen and the crate, and if you can't manage your puppy 100% leave them in the crate that way ah, they can't okay. get into any bad habits yep. what you can do then is your cat can still wander around the house like normal the puppy gets used to this cat just walking around they can say hello to each other in the with through the pen and then just becomes the norm they become habituated effectively to the animal that's there and then when you let the puppy out um, on the lead first of all when they first meet share some food together but don't let the puppy chase the cat Right, because that's when they kick into that predator-prey instinct, and that's when it becomes a problem. Later on, what will happen is your cat will engage in that play and initiate that chase. That the the cat's controlling it normally. It depends on the age of the cat, obviously, and then it becomes a fun game. I've seen so many dogs playing with cats; they love it. Ask uh, do. Um, neat. <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, manage it at the beginning. It's all about management. Don't leave it to chance, because the predator-prey drive will always kick in, and then you've got a problem. That's right, big time. Thank you for that, and thanks for your text as well. My puppy's <laughs> eating all my stuff, especially cables and wires. What's oh. a good way to stop this? Yikes! Right again, I think we just we just answered that one. A pen, didn't really, yep. and a crate. <laughs> if, yep. if you've got to think about, it, if if a puppy can practice bad behaviours, then they become habits. So let's not let them practice bad behaviours, and then mm-hmm. we haven't got habits, and habits become behavioural issues that we need to change. Um, particularly electrics, you're not going to have a dog that's, no, that's... practising that behaviour very often, or very long, <laughs> shall we I say. I was going to say very long would probably be the yeah. thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is seven away from ten. Keep the cat, uh, text cover 3920. Darren Rowe, dog behaviourist, with us this morning. Just a reminder, Oscar is going to be with you on the airwaves on the other side of ten o'clock. Looking forward to that. Uh, this person says, this is Shona in Christchurch. Hi, just picking up on a couple of questions ago when an adult dog freaks out with a new experience for example scooters what is the best way to um, calm them down I think you might have touched on that yeah there's, there's actually a thing called um, the technical term for it's counter conditioning and there's, there's many different ways you can do it but the way I would, would tend to do it um, is if you think about an object that's scary if I'm really close to it then it's really scary isn't it if I'm further away then it's not yes. so scary so so what we do is we distance the dog straight away from the problem and then we start to reintroduce something more positive so we associate something positive with whatever they're looking at so so if my dog's barking at the scooter I move away until they stop barking and then I give them some treats or I play with a toy whatever motivates them whatever has right. value for the dog and then what I do is I slowly bring that dog closer again to the object that was scary 
reintroducing the, the positive um, reward, effectively. Yep. Um, yep. So that they associate that positive with the, the scary thing. In the end, that, that positive will overplay the negative fear and then they'll get through it but it might it might take weeks you know i was gonna say what's the time frame yeah so yeah Yeah, uh, of course yeah it could take a couple of minutes could take weeks just depends on how scared i mean the first time they they see that object it scares the hell out of them then that's going to take a lot longer isn't it if the first time they see it's just a little minor scare then they might get over it quite quickly but yeah again if it's really bad especially if it's involved with people on it scooters and things get get someone to help you definitely that's the way to go. Good morning. I have a question for Darren, please. We have a beautiful black spoodle who is such a happy boy. He does, however, bark at everything. We have a large window that goes to the floor in our lounge, and so he can see down looking over the street. How can we train him not to bark at everything that passes and moves? Thanks so much in advance, Donna. Yeah, hi, Donna. Um, quite a common issue. Um, the easiest way is to take the window away from the dog. And if you've got to think about why the dog is actually doing this, so so the dog is protecting his property. It's barking at something. It might be scared of whatever the noise is or whatever the person is at the moment out there. But they start to bark, and this is the important thing, okay? Understand the psychology behind this. They bark at the person, and what do they do? They always go away. So what's happening is the ah. dog is reinforcing itself that when yeah. I bark at somebody, it goes away. So I just have to keep barking at them, and then they go away. Right. So right. the only way you can do that is either tell everybody to stop and just keep staring at your dog <laughs> and not to move, which isn't going to happen. You can set that up. You can get friends around. Do a, we do a window party <laughs> where we just stop that's and a, wait. That's, I love um, that. And how long would that take for them to get the message, Darren? How long um, of doing that? Oh, it, it, dogs are quite specific. So if, I, if ever I'm walking past a house and the dog's barking, I, I do stop and I wait until that dog walks away. And I guarantee after a couple of times of doing that, the yeah. dog doesn't bark at me. Um, it's bizarre. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they're going to then transfer that behavior to everyone to the past yes. single generalization dogs don't generalize very well so you have to keep repeating the same behavior over and over and over again until they get it um right. so yeah, yeah so it's a hard one easiest thing take away the window then the yep. issue goes away it might right. play out in a different way because there sounds like there's an, another issue going on there anyway with fear um and you might need to do some sort of relationship building there anyway but yeah, okay. Yeah. A, right, it's three to ten. <laughs> so complex. We're going to have to so have complex. you back here. <laughs> That's right. There's so much to get into and also so many texts coming through. I'll just get to fantastic. this one here. It's, it's lovely. Hi, is anxiety a real thing for dogs? Is there anything to relieve this in dogs? It is a real thing. Um, if you think about the way the brain structure works, but it's no difference to humans, really. They're just We've just got a bigger frontal lobe. So anxiety is yep. an issue with dogs, definitely. And there are many ways. You, if, it, if it's an, an anxiety is a clinical definition, right? Sometimes we think a dog is anxious just because it's a little bit worried about things. That's not anxiety. Yeah. True anxiety is where a dog is, say, separation anxiety, for example, is where a dog is totally destroying, urinating. It's got lack of control of, of so many bodily functions, yeah? So, so the clinical definition is very different. Most people have dogs that are just a little bit nervous, anxious, and a little bit scared of things, okay? Um, right. And training can generally sort that out because you've got to understand, well, why are they getting nervous? Why are they getting scared? But if it's true anxiety and depression, then there are a lot of different sort of psychotropic drugs that, um, that, uh, can be. that can be used. And I would recommend that you go to a vet and just get that assessed. And um, yep. Yeah, yep. if it's really bad. But but drugs don't change the problem. They 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 bring the the levels of um, the hormones and uh, sorry levels of the chemicals in the brain down so that you can then train 
So it I has see. To be a okay. It has to be a yep. partnership between the vet and behaviourist. Yeah. And there's okay. Thank yeah. you. Well, Darren, there is well, there's quite a few to get through. I'm going to have to have you back. Perhaps we'll look at this next weekend if you're available. I'll, we'll keep Definitely, in touch yeah. with this, but um, we didn't get to everything that we wanted to cover as well. So no, I think there's a lot to bit, it. We? A lot of <laughs> but Darren, if they want to get in touch with you, those oh. listening, if you're in the Waikato area or maybe work it further afield, I'm not sure. Best way mm. to approach you? What's, how so do they go about it? The best way is through the website. We just set up something a bit new actually now. Um, so you can ask Star, um, Star, one of my um, little border collies, what you um, want. So you go onto the website and um, he asks you a couple of different questions and then that will redirect you to the right oh. places. So, um, And then you, you've got forms you can fill in to speak to me. But um, I love I love people speaking to me on the radio. Lovely when they phone, but fantastic when they text as well. <laughs> well, you've been fantastic as well this morning as always. Darren Rowe, thank you so, so much. You've been listening to Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog, giving our canine friends a voice throughout the world. To find out more about what we do, visit our website at www.mindfulnessfordogs.com.